Thank you for listening to Simple Church, where we love God, love others, and serve our world. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Tom Allen. What a God we have. We've come today to this place just to corporately tell him how much we believe in him, how much we love him. Uh, the scripture today, he, he never casts a shifting shadow, and you're going to sing as we leave today about it. He's a firm foundation, and I mean, just what a God. He is so good to us, and he's the God of the underdogs, and when you uh, read the Bible, your Bible is full of underdogs, okay? Have you ever felt like an underdog? If you have, would you raise your hand? Have you ever felt like that? I sure have. Um, have you ever seen an underdog who became a top dog? Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you another question. Could God make you a lead dog in an area where you were an underdog? Can he? Of course he can, because he's that kind of God. See, God loves to work with underdogs, and we're going to find the reason why is because underdogs feel weak. And God says, when you feel weak, that's when I can be your strength. See? And so all through the Bible, the people who were greatly used of God, for the most part, felt like they were not qualified, they were not capable, they were scared, they were insecure. And we're going to study several of them. We're going to look at Queen Esther, and we're going to look at a guy by the name of Benaiah, who you've never heard of, and we're going to look at a guy by the name of Jonathan, and we're going to look at David and Goliath, and as Gordon said, we're going to see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, kids whose parents didn't like them, so they gave them those names, uh, <laughs> and, um, and uh, we're going to find out how these underdogs were made top dogs by God's grace. That's what he does. Let me give you a definition of an underdog. Okay. An underdog is a competitor thought to have little chance of winning a fight or a contest. A competitor who's just not going to win. That's an underdog. And underdogs need to hear what God says. Because in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, here's what we learn. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power and of love and of self-discipline. And so today we're going to learn about Gideon, a man who was full of fear and timidity, but God wanted to give him power and love and self-discipline, and we're going to see how that happened. Because Gideon was a warrior for the Israelites, but he was scared to death of a group of people called the Midianites. And he had a, a statement about himself. You'll, you'll see it as we look at the scripture. What he's really saying is, I'm, I'm a warrior, <clears throat> but I'm an underdog warrior. And what he's saying about himself is, I'm not qualified enough. I'm not qualified enough. And many of us feel that way when God calls us to do something. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah. I'm not qualified to do that. Moses was said uh, to God, uh, by God to him, uh, go and set the Israelites free from Egypt. And he said, oh, I can't do that. I can't even talk. I stutter. You know? All through the Bible, 
underdogs. Let's read Gideon's story. It starts in Judges chapter 6. It runs through 6 and 7. It's a very interesting story if you want to read the whole thing. We'll read quite a bit of it today, but notice how it starts. It says, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. This is verses 1 through 2 and 5 through 6 of Judges chapter 6. So the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them, the Jewish people, over to the Midianites for seven years. Israel's history is such an interesting thing because they were God's people and he blessed them and then they'd turn from him and he'd have to bring someone in to bring them under captivity to get them weak again, to help them to realize that he's God, they aren't, and then they'd repent and then he'd bless them again. That's what we're going to see happen here. It says, the Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, the caves, and the strongholds. These enemy hordes coming from the, with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. For seven years, that's what had been going on. And Gideon was scared to death of these people. Okay? It says, then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. That's their history, you know? God blesses them, then they forget God, and he has to remind them who he is. And then God blesses them, and then they forget God. It went on and on and on. So at that point, God in his mercy sent an angel to Gideon. Now, this angel is really a a theophany. A theophany was a divinity in human form or in an angelic form that would come down and speak to people. This is Old Testament before the Holy Spirit came. And, 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 And theophany happened to Gideon. Notice what it says. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Ebezer. You have to go to seminary to learn how to pronounce all that stuff, and I'm not even sure it's still right. Gideon, son of Joash, was thrashing. Now watch this. Gideon, the son of Joash, was thrashing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, now this is interesting, we'll talk about it, mighty hero. The Lord is with you. Now, let me show you a wine press, okay? That's a wine press. It's it's a hole that they dug in the ground with a wall around it, and then they'd throw in tons of grapes in there, and then people would get in, and they'd stomp those grapes, and all the juice would go into that middle thing, and then it would run into a vat, and that's how they got their grape juice, their wine, okay? So what we see here is Gideon's down in that wine press with that pretty high wall, And he's threshing wheat because they needed food. They didn't have much because the Midianites had taken everything. And he was hiding in that wine press, threshing threshing wheat so that uh, the Midianites wouldn't see him. Now, what's interesting is this angel comes to him, scared to death of the Midianites, down in a wine press, threshing wheat so nobody would see him. And couldn't get the, the wheat. And the angel says, mighty hero. He doesn't look like a mighty hero down there. Looks like a kind of a scaredy cat warrior, you know. Mighty hero. And then the other statement was, 
the Lord is with you. Now, here's two very encouraging statements that we see. The first one is this. God's encouraging word to him was, and it's for you and me, that God saw something in Gideon that Gideon didn't see in himself. Down in that little wine press, thrashing that wheat, he didn't feel like a mighty hero. But when God looked at him, he said, you are my mighty hero. And Gideon was saying, no, 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 I'm an underdog. I'm scared to death. I'm a weakling little warrior here who's afraid of the enemy, trying to get some food so we don't starve to death. God said, no, 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 no. You are a mighty hero. And I believe that God is saying that same thing to every one of us. God knows how he created us in his image. He knows his plan and his purpose for us. We are almost unlimited. And if we could ever get it into our hearts and minds that we're created in the image of God, we're not just some mistake. We're not just some accident. We are created in the image of God with much of his potential in our lives. He is big G God. We're little G God. But I will tell you, we are created in the image of God. And that means there's almost nothing that's impossible for God to do through you if that's his plan and purpose. And he has a plan and purpose for every one of us. And we don't want to miss out on that plan or purpose because he's looking at every one of us and he's saying, in my eyes, you are a mighty hero. You're a mighty hero. I want you to know it. Now, the second amazing word here, an encouraging word, is this. God is with us and for us. We are mighty heroes in God's sight for our plan and purpose in this earth. And God is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Romans 8.31 says, If God is for us, who can ever who can ever be against us. Let's say that verse together, okay? If God is for us, let's say it together. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Amen? That's his promise. Now, here's what's interesting. Here's what happens to us. The minute God gives us some opportunity or some challenge, insecurities start popping in. Every time. Oh, I'm not sure I could do that. Oh, my goodness, that's too big for me. Me? What? Who, me? You know? All my life I've experienced that. I, 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 I won't bore you with my life story because it's fairly long at my age. Uh, so I won't bore you with it, but I will tell you that every time God's given me a challenge or an opportunity, every single time I've fought against it. I have thought in my mind, that's not something I can do. And God has had to come back and slap me around through different people and different means to get me to realize that in his plan and purpose for my life, in his eyes, I'm a mighty hero. So are you. And if God challenges you and gives you the opportunity and calling to do something for him, then don't stand back and say you can't do it. Because you can't do it, but he can. And if he calls us, then he says, I'll tell you what, 
I'm going to make you a mighty hero. You know why you're going to be a mighty hero? Not because you're a mighty hero, but because I am and I'm with you. Watch what I can do through you, my mighty hero. And that's what he's trying to get across to this underdog, Gideon. Okay? So, Gideon's story shows us two insecurities that always rise when we are faced with a challenge or an opportunity. The first one is this. Gideon was afraid God wasn't faithful. Now, think with me on this. Gideon was afraid God wasn't faithful. Here's what he said, Judges 6.13. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why are these Midianites starving us to death and putting us in bondage? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Gideon was questioning the character and faithfulness of God. And you and I might say, naughty, 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 Gideon. But you and I do it all the time. See, when something doesn't work out just the way we think it should, or when God doesn't do exactly what we want him to do, in the way we want him to do it, in the time that we want him to do it, we start asking, why, God, have you failed me? Why did you allow this? Why has this happened? And we just go on all the whys. Instead of looking to God and saying, God, you're with us. We're going to trust you. Whatever you ask us to do, we'll do it. Because we're mighty heroes in your hand. Not by ourselves. Kind of weak and pitiful. In your hand, when you're with us, man, you will always be faithful. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. That's the God we serve. The second insecurity that comes to our minds when we're asked to do something big for God is this. Gideon was afraid he wasn't good enough. Don't you feel that way? So many times when a challenge or an opportunity comes your way, man, yeah, I think they could do that, but I don't think I could. You know? Anytime you know God's leading you somewhere, anytime you know God's opening up a door, anytime you know God wants you to be or do something for him, don't be afraid because he's with you. And that makes you enough. We're not enough by ourselves. But with him... We're more than enough. Okay. Notice what we read in, in, um, in Judges 6, 15. He, Gideon said this, But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My <laughs> this is a funny verse. My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. What a way to talk about your family, huh? They're just pathetic people, you know? And I want you to know something else. I'm the most pathetic of the whole group. Huh? <laughs> now, that's a guy who thinks he's an underdog. <laughs> that's a guy who's been talked to by probably Jesus Christ, because often the theophanies were Jesus in the form of an angel talking to people. It happened many times throughout the Old Testament. And what's interesting is Jesus is saying, you're a mighty hero, and I'm with you. And he's saying, but I'm pathetic. Those are our insecurities. I can't do that. Oh, my goodness, I couldn't do that. 
And you and I have felt that way. Uh, we'll say things like, I'm insecure, I'm scared, I'm not good enough, I'm an underdog. Well, here's an important question for us. What fear has kept you from doing what God is calling you to do? Just think in your life. Because you see, there's no limit to you. There's no limit to you. If you have 300 years, you won't have long enough to get out of you all that God put in you. So what fear when God is telling you, I want you to do this. I want you to go there. I want you to be this. I want you to love me in this. I want you to serve me in this way. When that happens, what fear is keeping us from saying, okay, Lord, whatever you say, cause I'm a mighty hero in your sight. And you're with me. I don't have to be afraid. We limit ourselves so much. Maybe we limit ourselves in sharing our faith with other people. We, we have these friends that we love and care about, and we know we should witness to them, but we're afraid to do it because we're afraid they might not like us anymore after we do it. Hey, you're a mighty hero. God's with you. Let him speak through you. Watch what he can do. Maybe God's calling you to serve him somewhere in this church or outside this church somewhere. And you're saying, oh, but I, I'm, I'm not capable of that. Yes, you are. If God's calling you, then he's with you. And whatever you need, he gives it to you. And he makes you the mighty hero. That's the God we have. That's the God we trust. Maybe uh, it's a good business uh, idea of some kind. And you have this idea, and you, you really believe God wants you to do it, but oh my goodness, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't have the ability, I don't have the people around me, I don't have the connections. Oh my God. Well, you know, wherever God's leading you, maybe it's to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you know week after week you hear about this God who loves you and he gave his son for you and, 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 and he wants to come and live in your life and forgive you of your sinfulness and take control of your life and make you that person he created you to be and you find yourself sitting back there saying, oh my goodness, if, if I did that, I don't know, I'd lose a lot of friends and I don't know if I'd, I'd lose, I wouldn't have any fun anymore being a Christian and, and you know, come on. When God is working in your heart, don't ever be afraid. That was what God was trying to get across to Gideon. God wants to do in your life and mine. And, and we've chosen to call it the, the Gideon step back, okay? It's, the Gideon step back is when God uses an unsure, insecure, and fearful person to do the impossible. So, let me show you a couple of pieces of God's game plan. Read some scripture and we're through. Um, number one is this. Here's his game plan. Here's his step back for it. When you, when you step back, then you can make the perfect shot. And here's what he says. With God, his strength through your weakness is exactly enough. Play off your weakness with God's strength. Because whatever your weakness is, God will take it and make it strong. Judges 6.14. Then the Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go, now watch, go, he had just told him, My family's pathetic and I'm the most pathetic of all of them. And so here's what the, what the Lord said. He said, Go with the strength you have, you pathetic little person. <laughs> 
Take your little pathetic strengths, okay? He says, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. Now watch. I am sending you. So you say, I can't make that shot. God says, step back and make a perfect shot. Watch. You become weak. Let me be your strength. I am sending you. And the truth is that our weakness is where God shows his great strength. So where do you feel weak today? Where do you feel weak today? God says, good. Because now watch what I can do. I'm going to hop into that weakness and make you stronger than you ever thought you could be. Stronger than you ever, because I'm sending you. I'm with you. My power is in you. There's no limit to what I can do through you. God's trying over and over to get that, because the Bible says, when we are weak, that's when he can make us strong. The second step back is this. Well, let me tell you a little of the story, and then we'll see it, okay? Um, Judges 6.16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. One man. (laughs) Now, here's the story. Uh, Gideon was part of the Israelite army, and there were 32,000 soldiers. But there were the Amalekites, and and there were the the, uh, Midianites, So you have 150,000 Midianites, and you had 50,000 Amalekites, and you have 32,000 Israelites, 32,000, 200,000, and God says this to Gideon in Judges 7-2, you have too many warriors with you. (laughs) What? 32,000? 200,000? You got too many. Too many. That brings us to our second Gideon step back. With God, the way forward is often backwards. And let me tell you why. Because you see, if we go into battle or into opportunity or into ministry thinking, I can do this, man. (laughs) God, you're just lucky to have me. I can do this. You watch. We're going to fail. But if we step back and we realize who he is and who we are, then he can make us strong. Okay? So with God, the way forward is often backwards. Last night I got a call from a friend, a friend whom I love very much, had the opportunity of leading to the Lord years ago. And he's had an up and down kind of life. He lives in another part of the country. And he called me last night. I haven't heard from him for well over a year. And he said, Tom, um, he said, um, he said, I got to bring you up to date on me. I said, great, brother, let's do it. And so he told me a story. And uh, it, it involved a girl on the Internet, so you know where that's going, okay? Uh, but anyway, he ended up for 10 months in jail, in prison. And he made a cool statement to me. He said, while I was in there, I met a bunch of guys, and we did Bible studies all the time, and he said, it really helped me. 
But he said, I look back now on those 10 months, and he said, I'm really, really glad that happened. Because he said, I had been, become very successful in business, and everything was going my way, and I got real cocky thinking I was doing all of this. And he said, while I was in prison, I realized I can't do that by myself. And he just got out a couple of weeks ago, and the reason he called me was he wanted to know of a good church in where he lives. And uh, so I gave him a, a name of a church there, and he's in that church today, according to what he told me last night. But he said, I'm really glad it happened, because he said, I had to step back and realize who God is, and it's not me. And he said, now I know I can move forward in his strength. That was so cool. So encouraging. Well, that's exactly what God was doing with Gideon. So let me just take the rest of our time, which is 36 seconds, Amanda. Uh, uh, let me read you this closing scripture, okay? Here's the rest of the story. Judges 7, 2 through 8, and then 16 through 21. The, and just listen to this story, please. Try to stay awake, okay? The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave this mountain and go home. And so 22,000 of them went home. <laughs> I don't blame them. I got 200,000 people coming against you. Come on. doesn't make any sense. Okay. 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. But the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Can't you imagine Gideon was scratching whatever hair he might have left out, you know? What are you trying to say? There were still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. When Gideon took the warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. And the Lord told Gideon, with these, now this is such cool, with these 300 men, I will rescue you, and I will give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon is reduced from 32,000 to 300 against 200,000. Not real good odds, okay? So Gideon collected the provisions and the ram's horns of the other warriors and sent them home, but he kept the 300 men with him, and he divided the 300 men into three groups. He gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in it. So now here's how they're going to go into battle. They're going to have a horn of a sheep or of a ram, and so they can blow into it. And they're going to take a clay pot with a torch in it. That's their armament. Okay? All right. So he says, when I, he says, then he said to them, keep your eyes on me. And when I come to the edge of the camp, do just as I do. As soon as I and those with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp, and shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. And it was just about midnight, and after the changing of the guard, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midianite camp, suddenly 
They blew the ram's horns, and they broke their clay jars. And then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. And they held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right hands, and they all shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites rushed around in a panic, shouting as they ran to escape. Can you imagine that? 300 people, 200,000 warriors. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their swords, and most of them were killed and the rest of them ran away. You know what God did? He fought the battle. He made Gideon a mighty hero. But it wasn't Gideon that was the mighty hero. It was God through Gideon that made him the mighty hero. Because you see, there's nothing too hard for God to do. You don't have to be afraid when God asks you to do something. Because he's with you. And he has everything you need to do it. God brought confusion into that camp and won the battle. And the reason he did it that way was so that no one could stand back and say, we did this. The Israelites knew they hadn't won that battle. God won that battle through them. And they all became mighty heroes. Because he was with them. So what have we learned? God sees something in you no one else sees. I wish to high heaven that every one of us could catch that and believe that all this week. And start the holy habit of believing that kind of thought about who we are in Christ. There's no limit. God sees something in you no one else sees. And the second is at our weakest moment, God's power wants to shine. He wants to break any spirit of fear or insecurity. And he wants to make us mighty heroes through his presence in us and through us. It's said so powerfully in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. Humanly speaking, <laughs> it is impossible. I'm telling you, 300 people can't defeat 200,000. Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, let's say it together, everything is possible. Uh, some things, a few things, everything is possible. Now apply that to your life. Where do you have fear that's holding you back? Where do you need to take a step of faith? Where do you need to obey? Where do you and I need to, to believe God and move forward for him? Right now I'm working through some things in my own life that, that could cause real insecurity because if we take these steps of faith, <clears throat> they will, and, and, and then if God doesn't show up, it won't happen. <laughs> so what we believe is, we follow the Lord, take the steps of faith, and God will show up. That's what we're going to be challenged with in the next couple, three years as a church, to trust God for what he alone can do, and then he gets all the glory.
Amen? Father, thank you for these dear people. Thank you for uh, our lives and for bringing us together just as we are this morning. And for all that you want to say and do and work in and through us. We love you. We yield now to your Holy Spirit to uh, speak to us as we even continue our discussion around the tables, sharing our lives, sharing perhaps some of our fears, sharing some of our opportunities, encouraging each other to believe there's nothing too hard for God to do. May we leave here people empowered in our weakness by your strength. Because your strength can do anything that you want done. So may we never, ever fail to obey you and follow you and walk in your steps. Help us to be like Gideon, who was willing to take a step back from 32 to 300, 32,000 to 300, but then he could move forward in your strength. Thank you, Lord, for it's in your name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're new or want to know more about our Simple Church family, you can visit us online at simple.church or by downloading our simple.church app.